0: How many of you are blessed with a GLC? Raise your hand. Okay. Those of you who are here for the first time and you don't know what we're talking about, it's fun. More fun in the Philippines, right? But it's more fun growing like Christ. That's a GLC that we have here. And um, GLCs are actually our program to equip all of us to become disciples, to make disciples. Because that's what CCF is all about. Qué um, pasó, Pastor Enzo? Qué pasó? Okay. Uh, happy Fourth to everyone. Okay. How many of you enjoyed uh, the Fourth of July? Okay. Yeah. Many of you I saw were in the Fullerton, and you know, and all of you were enjoying while all of us were suffering. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you know, I hope that uh, you're in, you're continuing to enjoy your weekend, and those of you who are here for the first time. Uh, we welcome you and don't hesitate to ask anything about us and what we do because we are a disciple-making church. We exist to make disciples because that is the great commission. I also would like to acknowledge a friend from Michigan, is it? Michigan. Okay, stand up. Uh, Pastor Joey. Okay. You know, you know, in CCF there are so many pastors. You know why? Because we are equipped to be like that. You know, you don't uh, we believe that you don't have to go to the seminary to get a formal degree but as long as you are with Christ and you are growing in Christ likeness to the full maturity of Christ, you can be a pastor. Right? Because a pastor is another word for pastor simply is a shepherd. Okay? You know, make no mistake about it. Okay? The apostles, okay? Most of them did not go to the seminary, right, Tony? Right, Pastor Tony? Uh, right, you know, and so, you know, Pastor Joey as I fondly call him, he's actually a disciple of men. And he was from New Jersey. He moved to uh, uh, Michigan. And um, we're challenging him to put up a CCF Michigan. Okay? So you're right there, right there in the. Welcome to CCF LA. And um, so uh, here in CCF LA, we are talking about the series on knowing God. Why do we need to know God? Because we have to make him known. You cannot make somebody you don't know known unless you know the person. That's why here we exist to make him known. It's all about discipleship. It's all about going, therefore, to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It starts with what? Knowing God. And here we have been knowing God, haven't we? How many of you know God more now than when we started like two months ago? I think you know God better now, right? Like, you know, he's the God of the how much more. He's a God who can supply anything and everything that you want, believe it or not. And if you're at that point where you are doubting that, well, you know, trust me. He's the God of the how much more. And then we also learned that he's the God who uses ordinary people like you and me to become what his masterpieces we are god's masterpieces we are god's worksmanship so to speak and then we have a long series on the holy spirit because the holy spirit is all about god's supernatural power to work within us to make us the kind of christians christ-like that we need to be amen right and we have we have a lot of that already. We, we have to experience him, Holy Spirit, Parts 1 and 2. And then we were told to develop the habit of walking by the Spirit because the Christian life is all about a step-by-step dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And right there, we, 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 we encourage you to think above the earthly line and think about heavenly things. Because if you saturate your mind with the things above, believe me, the chances of you walking in Christ likeness will be very high. And then we also talked about unleashing your, your full potential by the obey now principle. All right, the obey now principle. And then last week, what did Pastor In Song share with us? Hello? Yes, unwrapping your spiritual gifts. Know your spiritual gifts. And uh, I hope that by now you know your spiritual gifts. Did you see the person singing here a while back? Huh? His name is Peter, right? Didn't you notice how gifted the person was? You know, several... Yeah, give him a big hand, okay? You know? Several months ago, or rather maybe a year ago, he was just right there in that corner doing like that, being quiet, and just being himself. Until, of course, we discovered his gifts. And he is now singing. Right? My only regret is people in this congregation never recognize my gift of singing. Okay, And he's the only one always being asked to sing. Today, we're going to talk about the secret of the Spirit-filled life. It's still about the Holy Spirit. We want you to know the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is power. He is hyper. She's hyper. The okay? Holy Spirit is power. The secret of the Spirit-filled life. The secret of the spirit-filled life. But before that, I I hope, like I said, did you find out and unwrap your gifts from the Holy Spirit? Did you go to this website? How many of you went to this website and discovered, you know, your gifts? Okay, uh, not one. Okay, yeah, you don't be, don't shy. Come on, raise 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 your hand. You know, our our brother Sean, in fact, came up with you know he issued the website, and then because we're encouraging people to discover your gifts, I did. I discovered that I can sing. Really, confirm, okay? But there was another line when I discovered it. I could only sing in the bathroom, okay? And I also, I also discovered I have this talent of 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 calming down people, and you know, lulling them to sleep when I am preaching, okay? So you know, that's a gift. Believe me, okay? Remember, remember, if you are so tired, okay, the whole yesterday, last night, today, you are blessed because today you will sleep, okay? That's my gift, right? No, I'm serious, okay? Um, uh, I want you to discover your gifts because there is a way um, that you know other people discover gifts. In CCF, we just want you to do a psychological test. But there is a way for people to identify gifts for the HR department. How many of you are in HR here, human resources? People are shy today. Nobody would like to raise their hand, okay? Um, there you go, okay. In H- if you're in HR, there's a way to determine the, the gifts of people, right? And I was told that there was a technique to determine to assign how to assign people in a company. First, leave them in a conference room for four hours. Okay, for four hours. Leave them in a conference room for four hours. And then go back and see what they're doing. And we discovered that uh, it's like this. If they don't look up when you enter the room, assign them to the security department, okay? so I'm looking at you right now, if you cannot even look at me, okay? I have so many security in this. You're looking at me now because you don't want to be in the security. Look at you, you're all looking at me, okay? And then, if they're counting the cigarette butts in the ashtray, put them in finance, okay? That's what they said, okay? If they've taken the table apart, put them in engineering, okay? Wow, you see, that's the way to determine where you assign people. In CCF, we're going to try to do that one of these days. If they're screaming and waving their arms, send them off to manufacturing. Okay? And then, if they left early before you came, give them to sales. Okay? <laughs> right? I, I, this is really funny, but you know, in, 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 in the house of God, you know, we really want to find out our giftedness because as Pastor Insong said, finding out your gifts from the Holy Spirit is very important. We need you to volunteer your gifts properly for the common good of the body. Are there needs to grow uh, for, for CCF LA here, as you can see it? Yes or no? Yes. A lot, right? You know, instead of complaining, you know, this has to be this, this has to be that. You know what? Take that to heart. Do it yourself. And maybe we can be able to discover your giftedness so that the common good will be achieved. And Pastor Song shared with us a wonderful promise. If you unwrap your gifts, you will experience joy. Jesus will be glorified. Others will be edified and you will be satisfied because the joy of serving one another, you will experience. Now, having said that, I'm going to talk about the spirit-filled or the controlled life secret. We've been talking about being spirit-filled. We've been talking about being controlled by the spirit here for the past many months. Why? Because that is the Only thing we need to be able to live the impossible Christian life. The Christian life is easy, right? It's what? Impossible. Impossible. Really? Tell that to one another. The Christian life is impossible. Come on, say it. Come on, say it. The Christian life is impossible. The sooner you understand how impossible the Christian life is, the more you will depend on the Holy Spirit. And that's why we want you to know, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's easy to become a Christian. No, it's impossible. Especially when you want to become a true Christian. To become a nominal Christian, an ordinary Christian, a cultural Christian, easy. Just blend with everybody. But if you want to become a true Christian, impossible. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about a secret today so that you will always, forever and ever, until you face Christ, be a Spirit-filled Christian. Amen? And the secret is by asking you first the question. How many of us here are controlled and filled with the Holy Spirit? Be honest. Be honest. And there's nothing embarrassing here. If you think you're controlled and filled with the Holy Spirit, please raise your hand. See? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay? That's less than 2% of us here, you know and I thank you for your honesty, because there's so much to learn about being controlled with the spirit, at the end of this message, I hope you can say you know what I'll try and when we take the survey the next time around, many days from now, I hope to see many more hands being raised in CCF, Manila, when this question was asked, the same result after several months of preaching the Holy Spirit finally there was half of the, of the place where people are raising their hand. Nothing to be embarrassed about because many people are probably confused and they don't know what it truly means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I share with you a secret today so that later at the end of the day, at the end of this worship service, you might say hey I have a chance and I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you like that? All right. Uh, then, if you are those of you who raised your hand, and those of you who did not but wants to know, how do you know that the Holy Spirit has control of you? Remember the picture that Pastor In Song always he shows us: a car and the one driving. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Ulrich was the one driving. The Holy Sp- uh, No, if you're if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's it's the Holy Spirit driving. If you're full of yourself, who's driving? You, right? And you can see the difference is the control the one who's driving determines on how filled you are with the spirit but let me ask you this this question maybe this will put everything in perspective how do you know that the Holy Spirit has control of you answer by what comes out of you when you are squeezed what comes out of you You're squeezed. When you squeeze a toothpaste, bong, if it's red, red toothpaste, red. Green close up, green, right? Whatever is squeezed, okay? I want to squeeze someone out this morning, okay? Uh, Let me see, okay? Tony, can you stand up here and we will (laughs) squeeze you, okay? Uh, We will ask Ulrich and Edwin to squeeze you one at the head and then turn you. I wonder what will come out of you, right? Be careful, okay? When people are squeezed, when they're abused, when they're provoked, when they're hurt, what comes, what comes out of them will be the real selves. Okay, Many of you are nodding and I think you agree. Okay, What will come out of you? Are, are you a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit when you're squeezed or you're a non-Christian filled with self? Let me put this in proper perspective. When you are squeezed, does the aroma of a rose come out from you? Or the stinking of a skunk? (laughs) All right? I mean, that is the proof. Positive. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and controlled by the Spirit, if you are squeezed, something beautiful is going to come out of you or something ugly will come out of you. Right? What comes out of a non-Christian when squeezed? This is not you, okay? Because you're not non, Because we, we're all Christians here. I hope so. What comes out of a non-Christian when they're squeezed? Pride. Ego. Self-glory. How dare you? Okay? Insult me. What else? Personal agenda. You know, I'm out of here. That's not what I want. Okay? I, I expected more of you you know, I thought that you're gonna satisfy me. I come to CCF because people here will entertain me, will please me. If they're not gonna please me, I'm out of here. Is that you? What else? I demand my rights. You know? Why are you violating my rights? Instead of helping me, you're telling me to do otherwise, to give up my rights. Those are the things that will come out of a non-Christian. What else? Madami, you're sensitive. You're critical. You keep complaining in in dito. Ha ha ba pa ng message. Okay? Sinabi ng 40 minutes lang. Ha ha ha. Andabi pan joke. Galit. Babawi ako. I will leave this church and they will miss me. Tama naman, ha, na mana. Ha. Man, man, oh man. Is that what comes out of you when you're squeezed? Trust me, you're probably not a Christian. Okay, that is selfish carnality and worldliness at its best. That is living below the earthly line, right, Sean? Below the belt, that's what uh, Sean calls it. That's below the belt, okay? You know, living below the earthly line. What comes out of a true Christian when squeezed? Okay, now, let me see. Sarah, you're smiling, okay? Humility, right? When a Christian is squeezed, it's okay, squeeze some more, squeeze some more. (laughs) That's a true Christian, right? You know, I'll do this for the glory of God, not mine. I'll do this, even if it's painful, I'll do it for the glory of God. It's God's will, not mine. But you know what? I will submit to the authority, even if it hurts me. They told me to do this, I don't agree, but because they're the authority placed on me, I will submit. That's humility, isn't it? When you're squeezed, what else? Teachability, are you teachable? Oh, I know that already, I know that already. Oh, you, I want you to attend JLC, oh, I know that already. I know that already, right? Is that humility? Uh, is that what comes out of you when you are forced into a situation? Are you positive? Are you grateful? Are you exhibiting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control, faithfulness? That's what it is. L J P P K G F G S. Okay, are you forgiving? I can go on and on. Are you a Christian? If you're a Christian, when you are squeezed, this will come out of you. Christ likeness and total selflessness. Now you tell me, is the Christian life easy? It's a Christian life, it's impossible. How can I possibly exhibit that without the Holy Spirit living in me and without the power of Christ doing it for me? Impossible, isn't it? But that's but if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are squeezed, okay, hmm, when you are squeezed, what comes out of a Christian when squeezed? I want to simplify it and say, the fragrance of Jesus will come out of you. Okay? Remember the, the, the song, Pastorine's song? Like a rose crumpled on the ground <laughs> you took the fall and thought of me above all man that's pure gift just kidding I love you guys I love you guys Okay, you're so tolerant when you are, I know. When I was singing, you were being squeezed, right? <laughs> and you were really showing the fragrance of Jesus when you just clap. And come on, Pastor Dan, sing on, sing on, sing on. Okay. Now, how do you keep exuding the fragrance of Jesus when you are trampled upon? That's what I'm going to talk about today. That's the secret. Whenever you're squeezed, whenever you're trampled upon, my prayer is that the fragrance of a rose the fragrance and the aroma of Jesus will come out of you rather than the stink of a skunk or the ugliness of this world you know the secret is in a paradox what's a paradox it's a seemingly contradictory statement right you know in the Bible there's a lot of paradox the Christian life is a paradox believe me when you understand this you'll be very very happy you're a Christian for example the first will be last that's what Jesus said right if you want to be first be last if you are last, then you will be first. That's what Jesus is saying. And then, if you want to receive, give. Give and you will receive. That's the paradox of the Christian life. If you want to be the greatest, sure. Uh, sure. Not sure. Mm-hmm. You should be what? The servant of all. Right? And you know, I, I praise this young lady. You know, she's the one taking care of our uh, many, many young ladies. And you know, I, I really I really like the way that their attitude is. Instead of demanding something, they are serving and they're humble because that's the way God wants it. Now, that's a paradox. And the paradox that I would like to talk about this morning is this. Die to live. Say that to each other. Die. Don't just say die, okay? Right? Say that to each other. Die to live. Die to live. Okay? Die to live. That's the paradox. And the verse that will speak to us this morning about dying to live is this. Galatians 2.20, you're very familiar with this. And I'd like to unpack this this morning so that we will be able to experience, okay, being able to exude the fragrance of Jesus every time we are squeezed. Let's read this together. I have been crucified. Like this you know if there's one verse that i would like you to memorize it is this commit this to memory promise me because this is the secret of being spirit filled so that when you're squeezed okay the fragrance of jesus will come out of you what is the secret it says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i but christ who lives in me and the life which i now live in the flesh i live by faith in the son of god okay it says the word I in no longer I in Greek is the word ego 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 Ego. (laughs) no longer I but Christ (laughs) you know I hope you can replace your expression OMG okay Oh my God! I I hope you can replace that with what? No longer I, but Christ. Okay? (laughs) See? Complaining! (laughs) Critical! No, no, no. I'm just just hoping you can. You know? No longer I, but Christ. Every time you're facing a situation and you want to be sure that when you're squeezed, you will exude the fragrance of Jesus Christ before... You know, as you are being squeezed, say, no longer I, but Christ. Amen. No longer I, but Christ. Ego. I. No longer my ego, but Christ. What does ego represent? It's all about you, right? No longer my ego, but Christ. Trust that. Trust me. It will work. Just later on, okay? When you are challenged by, by a situation and you're being squeezed, just say, no longer I, No longer my ego, but Christ. The ego must die, guys. The ego must die. How can the ego die then? Very simple. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. What does the the, the cross mean? What does it mean, the cross? What comes into your mind when you see the cross? Louder, please. Death, right? Death. It means this, Romans six eleven. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I have been crucified with Christ. It means that I am dead. Your ego is dead. Okay. And the word here is considered. It's an accounting term. I want you and me to account ourselves as what? Dead. You are dead. Right? That is the picture that God wants us to see of ourselves, especially our old nature, our ego, that it should die. So again, what is the secret of being spirit-filled, continually? Die to live. Is this possible, guys? Is this possible? You think? It is. Because it is actually the Spirit-filled life. It is possible that the Holy Spirit will control you because that's what the Holy Spirit will do. But the Holy Spirit cannot do it unless you die. Because if you're still alive, you are going to always take control. But if you're dead, the Holy Spirit will naturally take over and take full control so that the fragrance of Jesus will always come out of you as you are squeezed. When you die the holy spirit takes over let's learn how to die to live let's learn how to be crucified with christ so that it's no longer i who live but christ lives in me and the verse the two verses that i would like you to learn this morning is this luke 9 23 and he was saying to them all who's them all who's them all the crowd he was addressing the crowd The disciples were in the midst of the people, but then Jesus said, he was saying to them all, all of you, listen to me, Jesus said. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. You know, what Jesus is saying is this. If you want to follow me, this is what you are supposed to do. No ifs, no buts. And my question to you this morning is this, and I'd like you to answer this. Is it possible to call yourself a Christian? and not be a disciple answer Uh, can can you make that louder please no No. it's not possible for you to call yourself a Christian and not be a disciple in the same way is it possible to call yourself a Christian and not follow Jesus Christ answer No. no guys you cannot call yourself a Christian and be yourself You cannot call yourself the Christian and call the shots. You know what I'm saying? If you're still full of yourself and you're still calling the shots today in your life, and then you call yourself a Christian, I humbly, humbly submit to you, you need to examine yourself. Because you cannot be a Christian and not follow Jesus. And Jesus said, To follow me, these things must happen. First, deny yourself. What do you mean, deny yourself? Uh, is that the same as self-denial? Denying oneself is more than the usual self-denial. Example of self-denial, Marina. Um, I'm no longer going to eat rice. Okay, I'm going to deny myself of rice. All the rice I will eat. Okay, You know, I I, I will no longer... Uh, uh, I deny myself with computer. Spend a lot of time on the computer. That is self-denial. Okay, uh, Denying yourself in this passage means more than that. It means more than refusing to take food or whatever that you are used to. The word deny in this passage is more than that. It refers to what? Disavowing any relationship or any connection with someone. In the same way that Jesus was denied by Peter when Peter was, when, when Jesus was arrested, remember? A, a, a young girl saw Peter and said, hey, you're, you're with Jesus. What did Peter do? He denied Jesus. What was Peter doing? Hey, I don't have anything to do with that guy. That's denying yourself. Okay? But, but, but who's, who's myself there? Who am I supposed to deny? Deny your old nature which is sinful and worldly. In other words, when, when we ask you, when Jesus is saying, You want to follow me? Deny yourself. Don't have anything to do with your ego. Don't have anything to do with your old ugly self. Disavow any connection to that. That's the meaning of denying yourself. It's not about food. It's not about not going to the movie. No, it's about disconnecting yourself with the person that is ugly in you so that you let the Holy Spirit take over. That's the picture of dying, actually. Right? Disavowing any relationship Or connection with your old self now the point is this let christ take over your life you are no longer your own you do not make the final decisions in your life now you were bought with a price now how many people do you think would like that (laughs) especially those who have been in control especially those who are very successful in this life and they think that they are what they are today because of themselves do you think it's easy for these people to do this already impossible right it runs contrary to what the world is teaching us that's why it's very difficult for us to give up our rights and even deny ourselves right but that is what is being demanded by Jesus hey Jesus is demanding this he said deny yourself you're no longer your own I paid a price for you so die to yourself ouch you know This is not an easy lesson, guys, because it's not popular. But if you want to become the kind of Christians that this world will really, really look after and want to become like you, you have to die to your old self. You have to deny and disavow your ugly old self. Am I communicating? That's what Pastor Peter would say. Not a popular choice. Imagine giving up your rights. Not normal. Goes against natural selfish desire to control our destiny. Okay, and then the second thing that he said is not only denying yourself. He said, "Take up your cross daily." Okay, many of us will say, "You know, my cross, Pastor Danny, it's my husband." <laughs> Tess, why are you laughing so hard? Okay? <laughs> did I did I hit a chord right there? You know, you know, Pastor Dan. My cross are my parents. They don't like to let me do the things that I want to do. You know, hey, distinguish between cross and burden, okay? There's a difference. That is not the cross that Jesus is talking about here. It's not talking about your enemy. It's not talking about the people who make it difficult for you. It's not talking about that. The burdens are different from cross, okay? Jesus said, take up your cross daily, right? Cross is a picture of what? Death. Death. Right? Cross is not a picture of, your, of your, your family members who are giving you a hard time, okay? They are your burden, okay? They are not your cross. They are your burden. I'm burdened with my children because, you know, I really wanna help them. That's a burden, but that's not a cross, okay? Your cross is about yourself dying. You have to remember and you have to remind yourself that of death because it is all about the cross. The cross is a picture of death. No more, no less. Paul is very clear. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty-one. I die daily. Can we say that ourselves? Every morning when I wake up in the morning, will you be able to say, Bong is dead, Tony is dead, Ike is dead, Peter is dead. The old Peter is dead, no longer I, but Christ. Can you imagine how your day will begin if you will begin if you do that? Right? You know? Can you imagine? Even if you wake up in the morning going to the golf course at five o'clock in the morning, okay? You stand up there, you deliver the ball, no longer I, no longer Ulrich, but Christ. <laughs> Boom! Out of bounds. Okay? Ouch. Okay. Thank you Lord. Okay. Can you actually say that or you're going to go, bam? Okay. You know, believe me, it makes a lot of difference when you start your day saying I die daily. Why do you think God is saying that? Why do you think Paul is saying that? You know, this guy said, "The first step towards daily following of Christ is denying yourself." If you want to become a Christian, if you want to become a disciple who will make disciples, The first thing that you need to do, guys, according to this guy, A.W. Pink, is then denying yourself. It's denying yourself. Jesus said to all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. My question is this. Why do you think Jesus commands this to us? You know, for a compelling reason. He gave this to us because there's a reason. And there's the reason is in the following verse. It says, I'll go back. He said, guys, I want you to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Why? This is the reason why. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. You understand what Jesus is saying here? He said, you know, guys, guys, losing your life is not optional. It's definite. You guys are going to lose it. Right? That's what Jesus is saying. If you keep following yourself and don't deny yourself and don't take up your cross daily, whether you like it or not, you're going to follow the world and you're going to lose your life anyway. That's what Jesus is saying. And he says, if you wish to save your life, how do people wish to save their life here? Ah, I'm very uncomfortable in discipleship. I just, I just want to... I just want to do what I'm doing. And I'll just come to CCF on Sunday. Is that okay? Is that okay? You know what What Jesus is saying? Hey, keep keep on doing that. You're going to lose your life anyway. (laughs) You know, that's the sad part. But you know, you have to rejoice because Jesus has all the wisdom and he's saying this to us because he wants us to save our lives. And he said this, if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But whoever loses his life, Meaning what? You die to yourself. You know what? You will save it. What a paradox, right? And then he added, okay, he added this verse which I really like. I think you've heard about this. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? This is what you call the trade-off principle. How many people today, how many people today are seeking for the beautiful life, thinking that that's going to be the beautiful life that they deserve. They try to gain the world, but you know what Jesus is saying? Be careful, you will lose it because you don't. You have to understand the trade-off. The world, you will lose it. Lose your life, you will gain it. Wow, that's a secret. Jim Elliot said, He's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. It took me 10 minutes to analyze this. So it took me 10 minutes. I'm sure you're smarter than me. You'll be able to understand it. He said, He's no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Pastor Dan, can you explain that? Basta okay? I will not attempt to explain it anymore. Lance, why are you laughing? <laughs> die to live. Say that to each other. Die to live. If you want to gain your life, die. Your old self must die. Your old nature must die. This is the greatest trade-off of all. If you want to live, die. Wow. Galing If you want to live, die. If you want to die, keep on living what you're doing right now, and you will die. But if you want to live the way God wants us to live, with him, in a victorious way, so that when you're squeezed, Jesus will come out, die to yourself. It's the greatest trade-off. It is the greatest exchange. And George MacDonald said, if we do not die to ourselves, we cannot live to God. And he does not live. And he, and he that does not live to God is dead. Right? This is a paraphrase of the verses we've been reading. And I'd like, I'd like to offer this thesis. When the will of God crosses the will of man, somebody has to die. <laughs> right? You know, man, how many times are you crossing the will of God? God is telling you not to do this and you keep doing it. You know, if the will of God crosses the will of man, somebody has to die. Look at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. At that point, the will of Jesus was crossing the will of God, believe me, because he was man. Yes or no? What did he want to do? He wanted not to die. Although he knew that God said, you die for the sins of my people so that they will go to heaven. You know what, Jesus, what happened to Jesus. He was perspiring blood because he was struggling with his own will versus the will of God. Right? Of course, eventually, you know, eventually, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Eventually, what did he say? Lord, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done. What happened to him? He died on the cross. If his will did not die, do you think Jesus would have gone to the cross and died right there? And folks, this is what I want you to understand. When I say, or when the Bible says, you have been crucified with Christ, you have to understand what it means to be crucified with Christ. Many Christians, they only like the resurrection. They only like the salvation that the Christian, the Christian uh, faith offers. But they don't want the Calvary that goes with it. Trust me. They go together. If you like to experience the resurrection that Jesus Christ experienced, you have to experience the crucifixion. You have to start meditating on how ugly, how difficult, how cruel the crucifixion is. That's why Jesus said, I want you to crucify yourself. If you don't have any idea of the crucifixion, what makes you think you can understand being crucified with Christ means? It's easy to say, oh, I have been crucified with Christ. Really? Do you really understand what crucifixion is? You know, crucifixion is so painful, it's excruciating, it's a slow, painful death. You know, it is the way that they executed unbelievers or Christians before. They, They are going to be executed and they will die a painful death. Somebody said, please just shoot me rather than crucify me. Would you rather die quickly than go through a painful death? I'd rather die quickly, right? But you know what Jesus is saying? No. The crucifixion is a slow and painful death, and you will experience that. How many of you right now are going through a situation in your life where you are tempted to give up your faith because the world is just pressuring you to be a different kind of person? It's painful, isn't it? God wants you to understand that that is part of being crucified. It's a slow and painful death because Jesus Himself experienced it. You know, He was scourged on the pillar. Remember that. Before he was crucified, he was scourged at the pillar. He was tortured, literally tortured. And Jesus wants you to understand that. Have you been tortured for your faith? Not even yet. Have you even shed blood for your faith? Not even yet. And here we are saying, yeah, I'm a Christian, but please don't make me suffer. No, it doesn't happen that way, folks. If you want to follow Jesus, you must die. You must be crucified. You must need to experience what he experienced. Jesus was tortured. He was scored at the pillar. And then he carried the cross. He carried the cross from, um, from the temple all the way up to Golgotha. Right? With his back open with a lot of wounds. For what reason? To you, for you to realize that crucifixion is not easy. And that's exactly what he wants you to realize. And you know, here in CCF, we don't want to water down the gospel we would like you to understand that the Christian life is impossible, it's difficult but you know what, the rewards are great in heaven our, our life is not here, our life is in the future and while we're here for us to become the kind of Christian that Jesus Christ wants us to be, you need to be dead and Jesus Christ went to the cross and then it says, truly truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls in the earth and dies, it remains alone but if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. Again, the same principle. You know? Did you know the oldest seed? These are the oldest seed in the world, right? They 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 were found in the Masada area in the in the in the in the Holy Land. And what they did was these were these are two thousand year old seeds, and these seeds looked dry and dead, but once they were planted they sprouted and it's called the Methuselah tree. What happened? That tree looks dead and dried but once it was planted, it sprouted into a big tree called Methuselah tree. And believe me, the same is true with our Christian life. If you keep clinging to your life, if you don't want to surrender to the Lord, you keep insisting on living your own life, your way, the full potential that is in you through Christ will not materialize. And you will just remain dry and empty. That's my challenge for you. That's why this morning, the secret of really, really being able to be filled with the spirit is this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Die to live. And it is by faith. Saul. Saul had the spirit of God. King Saul. But did he trust God? Did he live by faith? No. Look at King Saul. You know, uh, he's, he's an example of this, uh, I guess, saying. The pampering of the flesh is the quenching of God's spirit. King Saul, okay, a great king, you know, sought self-glory. That's why he was not anointed by God and he failed. He was full of himself. He, he died. He did not die to himself. In fact, he said, Uh, Saul came to Carmel and behold he set up a monument for himself self glory, what else Saul was concerned about his reputation right so carnal, then he said I have sinned but please honor me now you know here is the guy admitting his sin but please honor me first before the elders, before the church so that they will not turn their back on me is that a spirit filled person no, the spirit was with him but he was still full of himself because his old self did not die the women, look at this, he was very insecure. The women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David is 10,000. What are these guys singing? Why are they praising David more than I do? Right? He was what? He very insecure. And then what else? Uh, this is part of the insecurity. And then he has his own personal agenda. For as long as the son of Jesse lives on earth, that means David, neither nor your kingdom will be established. Therefore now, send and bring him to me, for I must he must surely die. In other words, what did he plan? He planned to kill on David. Right? Before God uses a man, God will break the man. Do you want God to use you? Folks, do you want God to use you? Please, be ready to be broken. Because A.W. Tozer said, before God uses a man, he will break the man. Now, how does God break the man? That he will be willing to die. Through crippling, painful problems. Leaving no choice but surrender in faith. Problems? Yeah. Mirna, God will give you problems. If you're hard headed, God will give you problems. If you don't want to listen, God will give you problems so that He can break you and de- let you and put you in a situation where you yourself will die. What happened to King David? Right? He was king, he was great, but what happened to him? A lot of things, right? His daughter was raped, his son killed his other son. There was confusion. And then Absalom rebelled. His general uh, turned his back on him and they rebelled. And he was running for his life. The great king, the man after God's own heart, David, God will have to break this man for God to use him. And it's no exception. The same thing is true for you and me. And that's why David said, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul, my body also. For my life is spent, and my sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity, and my body was wasted away. What is a picture? A picture of pain, a picture of difficulty and problems, right? And then he continued, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I am forgotten as a dead man, out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. This is David the king, the great king, a man after own, his own heart, but God had to break him before God can use him. And the same thing is true for all of us. Before God can use us, he will break us. But as for me, I trust in you, he said, O oh Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Meaning what? He died to himself. I surrender. I completely give my life to you. And then in Psalm 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit A broken and contrite heart of God you will not despise. What does it mean? Before God can use you, trust me, he will break you. He will break you. Broken. Break in pieces. Shatter, smash. Look at me. If you're right now in a situation where you're so comfortable where you are, and you are not heeding the call of Christ to follow you, trust me, and you want to be used by God, God will not use you until you are broken. Until you're broken. And then you're contrite. Daka. Crushed. Breaking pieces, hammer smashing so that you can be conformed to the design of God. Again, the cross the picture of death crushed broken, shattered so that your old self is dead. No longer I but Christ because God crucified me. This morning, I'd like to ask a a couple to share with us their experience all together. I'd like Tess and Ray Beherano to come up and share with them their experience of how God used them To help other people. Uh, Are you here? Do you want to stand up or not? Okay, just kidding. Please, please. Uh, Bogie, is there a microphone that they can use? Oh, here. Oh, there's a microphone already. Come on, guys, we don't have all the time. Okay.
1: Good morning everyone. To God be the glory. It's so hard to be up here. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) This is my testimony. Good morning, I'm Butch. My previous name was Ray. Ray is dead. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this is this is my wife Tess. We are ordinary human beings like any of you. We have been Christians for a long time but have until but have not until recently when we joined a discipleship discipleship group that God has touched our lives. During the early 80s, our life was so worldly that we spent time on daily activities and Saturdays and Sundays focusing on me first, she has her own agenda. And Christ was the last priority. That was who we are. We were so unrighteous. I was so selfish as was my wife. No one told us about Christ even though I was educated in a Jesuit community and grew up from Catholic parents. In 1985, we moved from the Philippines to Papua New Guinea. And it was no different there, except this time I was in a high profile executive environment working for the Prime Minister of Papua New Guinea. My wife was also fortunate to have an executive position for the Red Cross Society. And she was frequently traveling overseas in China, Switzerland, Australia, New Zealand. She was a jet setter, leaving me behind in Papua New Guinea.
2: With the children.
1: With the children. I was called a. Natai. Natai, that's right. Nanai and Natatai. Okay. Me and my wife, we were living our own individual lives then but in August 1989, I came to know Christ. Despite this, we were disobedient to God's plan for us. All through years, all through these years, I kept avoiding what God has planned for me. I was like Jonah in the Bible. I was with excuses every time I was given an opportunity. I was constantly reminded by God in a series of events. I was in various car accidents, but each time I miraculously escaped death. I also had marital problems, like you, like any one of the couples that are here. I was disobedient to his commandments. I attended Bible study but never had the opportunity to be discipled until recently. How did God use us? I was so hot-tempered before. This was really hard for me to overcome, especially when my ego was touched. I felt I was not respected. My wife was not Submissive. Then in a discipleship group, God changed me. I became obedient to God's command to love my wife unconditionally. I was able to control my temper. I'm a changed person now. Call me Butch. I call my wife, sweetheart. Instead of mom, our romance rekindled. Ang sweet, sweet na namin. Corny. We became a better couple, but still, God has planned for us. We are a work in progress. It will take until three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> to finish my story, I'm just kidding. We face problems and challenges together. Tess and I depend on God for solution. Recently, an, op- an opportunity was open to us to disciple. We were introduced to a couple. I took a leap of faith. I did not know what I was going into. God has touched our life and impacted others, too. And this is my wife's testimony.
2: Good morning. I'm, uh, hindi na nga Ray, but's wife now. Uh, before, I was very sure of myself. I was successful and self-sufficient to a point of thinking I did not need my husband. <laughs> Kasi sa ang katwiran ko nun, kumikita ako, kumikita siya, lahat ng nagagawa niya, nagagawa ko rin. So, kung Ang word na submissive, hindi ko alam. Sinasabi ko sa asawa ko, sabi ko sa kanya, I will not submit to you. Totoo eh. Talagang sinasabi ko sa kanya. <laughs> that was before. That was before. Tapos, <laughs> I don't need him. Sinasabi ko sa kanya, pag nag-away kami, I don't need you in my life.
1: Divorce na tayo.
2: Yan, palagi nga sinasabi ko, kung ayaw mo, divorce! Kasi I believe in myself. I'm capable, I can do what, you know, earning money in everything. So ang word ko sa kanya, kung ayaw mo sakin, eh divorce. His unloving ways did not help our relationship at all. When we did in PNG, I was fortunate to end up being the head of Papua New Guinea Red Cross Society. In that job, I have now with the rich and famous. I traveled in many parts of the world, and really, Felt good about my newfound world of position and wealth. I really feel good about myself. As a result, I thought I could be on my own and did not need my husband. I continued to feel this way even when we got to America until reality and humbling ways of the US hit me big time. I worked, but I could not be what I was in PNG. In short, I was not happy, I did not find peace, Happiness within me. Para ako maloka-loka. Sabi ko ng ano palagi ko tinataw ng sabi ko Lord Ano ba nagawa ako? Sabi ko ganon. bakit ako hirap na hirap dito. My position is here is good, but it's not the same as PNG. In short, I was not happy and did not find peace and happiness within me. To make matter worse, Ray came to the US and demanded to do what he wanted me to do. It was very hard for me to submit kasi nga hindi ko alam ang word na submission. I never realized submission of God's command to me until I joined the discipleship group. It was very difficult to me to submit even when I knew it was God wanted me to do. It was only then I began to be part of the discipleship that I agreed to submit. It was very hard and painful, but I obeyed and submitted to pray in obedience to God. And only then I felt peace. Don't ko lang naintindihan lahat ng hirap, lahat ng problema, lahat ng sakit because I was disobedient to God. Abikung ko ganon, Lord, thank you kasi binigyan mo ako ng chance to obey your word. do ko lang din naintindihan na yung word palang submission Isang word lang pero it entails a lot of things, a lot of meaning kasi I brought upon to myself na yung lahat ng problema ko, lahat ng sakit, lahat everything in my marriage life because of the word submission na I don't want to apply to myself. Recently, I found peace naging masaya ako, naging peaceful ang <laughs> that,
1: that's tears of joy
2: <laughs> ako <napaiyak> na rin. <laughs> I really feel at peace sabi ko Lord thank you all the things that I've been asking for before Kasi sinatanong ko, Lord, gano'n, bakit gano'n? Palagi ko inaaway si Ray. Palagi ako nakatingin sa kanya. Yung pala, ako ang may kasalanan. Because hindi nga ako submit. Now, <laughs> now I know the word submission. God gave it to us because he wants us to be happy in our marriage life. Recently, Ray asked me to join him to a to visit a friend. I was hesitant, but I felt that God is to use me. I need to submit to my husband wishes. So I submitted to his wish again, and I joined him to, for the visit. During this visit, I became friends with acquaintances. What I saw in this lady was my past self. It was hard to see yourself in the same situation, so I shared my own experience to her about submission. She felt comforted and encouraged. I felt God and the Holy Spirit was with us. She opened up to God's word. I am an ordinary wife like any of you. I changed because of obedience of God's command. We continue to disciple and continue our newfound friends.
1: The experience that we have, we want to share with couples that is experiencing the same thing or even newer couples that got married recently. Recently, these acquaintances that we have got together, and I was invited to join them. They called me a pastor. We We have scheduled a Monday Bible study to start ministering to this family. I pray for that God is opening another opportunity for us to encourage other people and sharing God's blessing. Us, we are a blessing to others. To God be the glory. Thank you. God will break you first. <laughs> this, this man beside me is my best man in our wedding. He has been ministering to me ever since. He has been on my back and straightened my path. Thank you, Pastor Dan.
0: You want to speak some more? Uh, Sorry we've gone over time, but it was worth it, wasn't it? God will break you first before God will use you. You know, I'm so blessed to see them. They're now Discipling others, they've been meaning to disciple others before for the longest time. They've been Christians for the longest time, but God never used them. But in a moment, because they submitted, God is using them. Pastor Ray, what's the name? Pastor Boots. Sorry, Pastor Boots. You know, David was broken, and David died in a ripe old age full of days riches and honor and his son solomon reigned in his place what a legacy and this is what we're talking about if we are going to be the kind of christians that will exude the fragrance of jesus then we have to die to ourselves be ready to be broken because people who are crucified with christ have the distinct distinct this uh, three dis- have have, have, have three distinct things that they do. Sorry. Number one, are distinct in three ways. <laughs> number one, they are facing only one direction. They can never turn back. And number three, they no longer have plans of their own. This is what A.W. Tozer said. I'm sorry, I missed one part. And Jesus doesn't want you better He wants you deader. Seriously, he doesn't want you better. He wants you more dead. More dead. And more dead than before. Because dead people don't mind the pain, do they? Dead people don't get offended, so they never complain. Dead people are not concerned about personal gain, are they? If you are dead, you're unresponsive to the challenges of the world. Because you're dead. Does that sound like you and me? Dead? When Jesus calls you to come and die, he doesn't want you better. He wants you deader. And I close with this expression by Charles Spurgeon. I have now concentrated all my prayers into one, and that one prayer is this, that I may die to self and live holy. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this message. Lord, it's impossible. But that's the only way. Crucify us, O God. Crucify us with you. That we will die to our old self. Deny it completely. Take up our cross. Daily dying. So that we can be the kind of person that you will use. Lord, I'm praying for each and every one of us here right now, that we will not be afraid, oh God, to step in faith, because that's the only way that we can die to ourselves. Jesus died and He has resurrected, and He can do the same thing for us. Those of you who are here right now who are just standing at the border, at the edge, but never want to jump and die, I beg you die to live, because that's what it takes for you to exude the fragrance of Jesus when you and I are squeezed there's no other way for god said we will lose our lives anyway we might as well choose the best trade off of all die to self thank you lord in jesus name we pray amen amen
1: praise god